0: hello all how you have been doing so today the goal of episode is to do a really speedy rapid fire round of entire cholinergics you can call it a quick revision you can call it a sort of a summary whatever you feel like so let's get started without any delay today the speed matters Welcome all to Is Pharmacology Difficult Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Radhika Vijay, MBBS MD Pharmacology, and this is the audio hub to get the best simplified basic tips, strategies, methods, and lots of ideas to learn better, understand better, and make your concepts crystal clear. If you really find, and if there's a question hovering in your minds, is pharmacology difficult? Lend me your ears for a while and let in the magic of knowledge the first question what are anticholinergics the agents that block the acetylcholine action of the autonomic and the cns effectors via the muscarinic receptors are known as the anticholinergic agents second question what about ganglionic blockers well nicotinic receptor antagonists which also block the acetylcholine effects. They are referred to as the ganglionic blockers and sometimes they are also referred to as the neuromuscular blockers. Third question. What is the prototype drug for anticholinergics? Well, it's atropine. It's highly selective for muscarinic receptors. Fourth question. Are anticholinergic competitive antagonists? The answer is yes. Fifth question. Which other drugs they act or possess anticholinergic effects? Well, these are antihistaminics, phenothiazines, tricyclic antidepressants, disoparamide, etc. 6. questions. Tell me about the origin of anticholinergic alkaloids? The response is, Generally, all of these natural alkaloids, they belong to the herbs of the solanaceae family. Atropine is basically a racemic mixture. The L-isomers, that is the levoisomers, they are more active than the dextroisomers. And one of the best examples for this is the L-hylcine, which is also known as the scopolamine. Seventh question. How will you summarize atropinic effects? Let's do it. The response is, they stimulate the CNS, that is central nervous system, overall. They can cause tachycardia. There is no marked effect on the blood pressure. They lead to medriasis in the eyes and also cycloplegia. As far as the smooth muscles are concerned, they cause relaxation. Constipation may occur in the gut. In the lungs, bronchodilatation occurs. Relaxation of the ureter and the urinary bladder and also the biliary tract can occur. Though almost there is nil effect on the uterus and also on the bile production. There is no effect. Atropine, it decreases all the secretions. It elevates the body temperatures. It may demonstrate a sort of a local anesthetic effect on the cornea. Eighth question, how does housing differ from atropine? Now, the various parameters are, first of all, the sources, as far as we talk about, atropine is derived from atropa baladona or datura species while Hyocene has its origin from hyoscyamus niger. As far as the anticholinergic properties concerned, atropine has a very effective role on heart and bronchial muscles and the gut. While Hyocene, it has only restricted potent action on the eye and on the secretory glands. As far as the duration of action is concerned, atropine is definitely longer-acting, then what is the base of the alkaloidic ester. In atropine, the base is tropine, while in hyoscine the base is copine. What about the actions on the central nervous system? Generally, they are excitatory as far as atropine is concerned and hyoscine has a sort of depressant effect. In the lower doses also, atropine has an excitatory effect, while hyoscine has a depressant effect what kind of a depressant effect amnesia fatigue etc but in the high doses both the atropine and the hyalcine they can lead to excitation and hallucination as far as the action or the treatment of motion sickness is concerned hyalcine is definitely preferred drugs as an anti-motion sickness now these were the basic differences between the atropine and the hyalcine next question question number nine Tell about the quaternary atropenic congeners. The responses these drugs are, let's name them, ipratropium bromide, thiotropium bromide, especially in the respiratory pathologies like chronic obstructive pulmonary diseases abbreviated as capital COPD. Then we have butyl bromide for the spasm of esophagus and the gut. Then we have atropine methonitrate for the acid colicky states. And then we have propantheline oxaphenonium, They all help in the peptic ulcer and the gastric pathologies. Drugs like clydenium, cymetropium bromide, they work as antagonizing agents as far as the secretions are concerned, then spasms are concerned, and cholinergic action is concerned and they find a very effective role in irritable bowel syndrome, abbreviated as capital IBS, then isopropamide finds similar use also in irritable bowel syndrome, generally when there is an attachment of the emotional component. Next drug in this series, we have glycopyrrolate, which is a unique drug. It finds its use in pre-anesthetic medication and it also relieves the capital COPD in the form of the dosage form as inhalational formulation. Question number 10. How is thiotropium bromide different from the ipratropium bromide? Well, that's an important one. Let's get the response. Tiotropium bromide binds firmly to M1-M3 muscarinic receptors, therefore it has a longer duration of action. The M2 receptor binding is much lower. That makes tiotropium bromide a highly selective agent for M1-M3 receptors and highly selective for the bronchi. The results are that it does not add up to the release of acetylcholine which generally is seen in the case of M2 receptor antagonism. And also its absorption from the gut and the lungs is almost nil. Question number 11. How would you give an account of anticholinergic of the chemically tertiary amine structure? The responses among these, the important drugs, they are dicyclamine, velatamate, and selective M1 receptor antagonists. These drugs, they cause good enough relaxation of the smooth muscles, and they are seen as the relief of the spas. The spas can be of urinary or intestinal or biliary origin and also they have a very good relief and cause cervical dilatation the kids may experience toxicity and these also help in the morning and the motion sickness relief by curbing the feeling or the property of emesis talking about the specially selective m1 antagonists, the drugs are parenzepine and telenzepine. they lower down the hydrochloric acid secretion and they also exhibit less side effects because they act on the plexus and the ganglia and not on the parietal cells directly. Question number 12. How do anticholinergic? They function to treat the bladder ailments? That is how do they serve as psychoselective agents? Drugs like oxybutynin, tolterodin, darifenacin, solifenosine, flavoxate. They are quite highly selective for the M1 and M3 receptors. And they almost exhibit less or no side effects. The speciality of drotovirine as a psychoselective agent lies in its unique mechanism of action by inhibiting the phosphodiesterase 4, increasing the cyclic AMP and causing smooth muscle relaxation. Question number 13. What are ocular indications of anticholinergics? And the answer we have is... Atropine is an effective mydriatic but atropinic substitutes like homatropine, cyclopentolate and tropicamide they are also available as nice substitutes amongst which cyclopentolate and tropicamide they are quite effective for refractive error testing iritis and uveitis tropicamide is used as a fast acting agent for these purposes as in fundoscopy there is no cycloplegia required the phenylephrine is definitely a better option Atropine finds decent application in corneal ulcer, keratitis, aridocyclitis, and local anodine condition. It relieves the painful spas. If used alternatively with myotic, then adhesions they are also prevented between the iris and the lens. But atropine is absolutely contraindicated in the narrow aridocorneal angle because it may lead congestive glaucoma formation question number 40. how does anticholinergics they are useful in pulmonary embolism and parkinsonism the response is pulmonary secretions they are curbed effectively with atropine while central anticholinergics they are less effective than levodopa as far as parkinsonism is concerned so they are used as Add-on drugs in the mild conditions like drug-induced states of extra pyramidal symptoms. Question number 15. How can motion sickness be treated? And the response we have is very well-known. Hyoscine, a very useful drug, is generally given prophylactically to last the action for around 4-5 hours. Now, this is done by putting transdermal patch behind the ear pinna 4-5 hours before the travel and it serves its function for around two to three days. Scopolamine was also used as a lie detector during the interrogation rounds in World War II owing to its amnesic and drowsiness effect. And due to these effects, the truth was evoked out of the person that was treated. Question number 16. Throw some light on atropinic poisoning. The response is. The atropinic poisoning is due to the over-administration or consumption of the seeds and fruits of the baladona plant. It's more often seen in children and it generally is seen as an extension of entire cholinergic effects. The signs and symptoms, they are seen like dry mouth and dry states, constipation, etc. Finally, the cardiovascular collapse, respiratory depression, convulsions, and coma they occur. Atropinic poisoning can be easily diagnosed with of methacoline or neostigmine and the poisoning is generally treated with oats like physostigmine. Gastric lavage is very useful especially with tannic acid but not with potassium nitrate. KMNO4 Question number 17 Comment on the drug interactions of anticholinergic agents. And the response is gastric emptying is definitely delayed. And the absorption of drugs is also slowed down due to the anticholinergic agents. One of the examples is the levodopa reaches less to the central nervous system and shows less effects. While opposite may happen for digoxin and tetracycline because more of the gut transition time enhances their absorption. Acids they hamper the anticholinergic absorption capital M-A-O, monoamine oxidase inhibitors, they disrupt the metabolism of the anticholinergic agents, they lead to delirium, and drugs like antihistaminics, antidepressants, because they also possess the anticholinergic component, they all synergize and add up to the anticholinergic adverse drug reaction profile. So. With that, we complete around 15 minutes of rapid fire questionnaire of and about anticholinergic agents. Well, this was a new experiment to summarize the whole thing together. And I just picked up the most important things, which some I did cover, some I did not cover. But whatever it was, I really thoroughly enjoyed doing it. And I'm sure you do enjoyed listening to it. For all the updates and latest episodes of my podcast, you visit www.spharmacologydifficult.com where you can also sign up for a free monthly e-newsletter of mine. It actually contains a lot of updates about medical sciences, drug information updates and my podcast updates also. You can follow me on different social media handles like Twitter, Insta, Facebook and LinkedIn. They all are with the same name. is Pharmacology Difficult. If you're listening for the first time, do subscribe and follow whatever platform you are consuming this episode. Stay tuned. Do rate and review on iTunes, Apple, Podcast. Stay safe. Stay happy. Stay enlightened. Thank you.